hi and welcome to another episode of Wellness in the Workplace. My name is Mbali Mzinyana and I am your host. Wellness in the Workplace is a podcast that aims to equip new and experienced professionals with the tools and insights to navigate challenging workplace dynamics. And on today's episode, we are continuing with our new series titled My Career Story, where we are interviewing women from all different walks of life, chatting about their career journey, what they've been through, how they overcame certain challenges in the workplace and what led to them being to where they are right now. And on today's show, I have somebody who is no stranger to the world of podcasting. Um, She has a podcast of her own and uh, someone whose Twitter threads always leave me wanting to make better choices (laughs) when it comes to my decision making in the world of dating and relationshiping and potentially marriage at some point. Her name is Develo Motrane. She is an attorney, she's an entrepreneur, and she is the founder of Sister in Law, a platform that aims to equip and empower power uh, black women through legal education. Welcome to Wellness in the Workplace. Thank you. Thank you Mbali for such a beautiful introduction. Of course. I mean I could have said a lot more about you but then we wouldn't have a conversation to you know chat about some of the stuff that you've done throughout your career. Um, I mean you've developed a very um, notable path and career for yourself um, and and it's worth obviously just you know chatting about and delving into. So let's save that for our conversation. <laughs> um, so get, before getting into the depth of our discussion, I would like to just find out a bit more about you. Uh, I want to find out more about your background, your upbringing, and what contributed to you being the woman that you are today. Thank you. Thank you, Mbali. Like I said, thank you for a beautiful introduction. Um, like I said before we started, it is very nerve-wracking being on this side yes. of, <laughs> of the podcast. So, yes. I mean, big ups to, to everyone who's agreed to be a guest on my mm-hmm. podcast. I wasn't aware that it's this scary. Um, yes. And yeah, a lot of the time I don't speak about myself. So mm. this is going to be interesting. Mm. But just to take people back, I am Dwello. My maiden surname is Kutwane. Mm-hmm. I am born to parents who are of Soto origin. Mm-hmm. I am the firstborn of three siblings. So I'm the, fir- I'm the girl and I've got two brothers. Okay. Uh, raised in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not the, not the usual stories that we hear. Raised in Johannesburg, moved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. My parents divorced when I was seven. Okay. Um, and that then led you know, my mom leaving with my brother and I at the time, mm. um, just moving from place to place, place to place, not understanding what was going yes. on. But obviously now being an adult myself, I finally understand the dynamics of, mm. you know, being a single mom and just trying to build a good life for yourself yes. and a good life for your children. And, you know, just trying to make sure that you empower and equip them and protect them, you know, from the mess that adults create. Mm. So I moved around quite a bit. Um, the last recollection was moving for the 15th time. 15. 15th time. So I, I attended four schools, mm-hmm. um, three pri- two primary schools actually, two primary schools and one mm-hmm. high school, so three schools, but generally grew up around Midrand, Four Ways, Santon area. So yes. those are the areas I'm familiar with. And yeah, I mean, 
all of that moving really just created a sense of needing stability. That's why in my adult life, I'm just about, you know, staying in one environment for quite some time and, sure. and, and just learning the ropes of that environment. Sure. Yeah. Interesting that you're talking about stability because when I think about entrepreneurship, which is what you're doing now yeah. <laughs> as the founder of Sister-in-Law and your uh, legal consultancy. Um, that doesn't promise much yeah. consult, I mean, yeah. stability. Yeah. So, so we'll talk more bit about that. But, you know, you've got a background in law. Um, I mean, you're an attorney and you did spend a bit of time in the corporate space, mm. right? Uh, tell us more about that. How was your time in corporate? Why did you even decide to study law? How did that come about? Sure. So law, there's a bit of a story behind it. So as a result of my parents having divorced, mm. I often used to ask my grandfather a lot, like, why are we not visiting my dad today? Or why do we have to wait until a certain weekend or certain school holidays? Why can't we see him whenever we want to see him? You know, mm. I was a child and I didn't understand what was going on. And he was just like, yo, you know, mm. you have to understand the law if you want to understand the dynamics of what's going on. And, you know, he'd always also make a joke about how I'm always advocating for the animals. So mm. when I would visit my grandparents, the cows would be outside and the horses and I'd be like, it's so cold. Why aren't mm. the you know, cows and the horses inside the house um, <laughs> sitting by the fireplace with us? You know, and he'd always be like, you're always advocating um, whenever your aunts are in trouble, you're always speaking for them. So if you study law, you'll be able to, you know, um, speak for people. You'll be able to be a voice for the voiceless. Yes. And you'll also be able to understand your family dynamics. And I think he's the person who planted a seed you know, in, in me wanting to study law. Mm. I have to admit that I initially wanted to, st uh, to study journalism. Mm -hmm. You know, I love writing. I love investigating you. Yes. Men on the ground. <laughs> I thought I was going to be Deborah Pata, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I was social, you yeah. know. But it was a little bit, I also loved drama, the arts, mm. but it was a little bit of a hard sell to, okay, you know, my to parents, parents to say, yeah. I want to study drama. Mm. You know, and my mom even made a joke like, oh, you want to um, work at New Horizons, you know, generations back <laughs> yes. in the day. You know? and I was like, okay, yeah. this is a hard sell. Yeah. I don't appear to be winning. Yeah. Um, so by the time it came to applying, mm. um, my three choices were, I remember in the order it was law, journalism, and psychology. Okay. And psychology was purely because it sounded amazing. Like, mm. I'm a psychologist. <laughs> you know yes. um, but I had no background of what psychologists do and whatever so I was like you know what um, maybe there's something in law and that's how I got into law and the first family law lecture I was sold you knew I was that just was like it. I'm right where mm. I'm supposed to be it was just so interesting um, learning you know of the family dynamics mm. and that's where my interest for for family law came about mm. yeah because that's what you specialize in that, now yeah, right yeah it, it took yeah. a while to get back to it mm. um, I am also heavily invested in um, intellectual property yes. so I do a little bit of that with my other company collective mm. intelligence but I'm definitely a family law girl as you said at the beginning you yes. know, with my Twitter thread. Um, I like I like yeah. the drama in yes. family law. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that, love that. So you're now a new graduate and you're about to enter the world of work. What is that transition like for you? Mm -hmm. um, how did you even go about knowing, you know, which area specifically that, mm -hmm. you know, you may have wanted to, to, to trade in? Mm -hmm. 
so back then i don't even remember the year but back then there wasn't so much information around you know being a legal practitioner mm. or being or pursuing a career in law i just knew that it's either i'm going to be an advocate which i knew i hate i hate i hate <laughs> being in court i hate litigation yeah, or yeah. i'm going to be an attorney yeah so for me um the decision was pretty easy i knew what i didn't want mm-hmm. which um in hindsight is great because sometimes we yes. focus so much on what we want that mm. we forget that what we don't want can really just lead us back to where we need to yes. be. Yes. So I knew I don't want litigation. I don't want to be an advocate. Um, so I pursued, um, what's the word, job hunting for articles. Okay. And I was getting very, very, very tricky towards mm. the end because I really just watched the the graduates who who were connected mm-hmm. you know family relationships mm-hmm. um, and i watched the top students secure articles sure right and i wasn't connected mm-hmm. and i wasn't a top student mm-hmm. so it got a little bit um scary at the end you yeah. know that that sense of rejection like yes. where do i fit in how am i going to secure my future mm. eventually i landed articles at a firm in melrose mm-hmm. and i started my articles journey and I remember from month two, so articles is two years, right? Yes, yes. And I remember from the second month, just breaking down, saying, I can't believe I have 22 months of this to go. Oh, goodness. I absolutely okay, okay. couldn't believe how so painful what was it? it was. What it was, was it? just the environment. Um, my boss at the time, the first boss that I had when I started articles, he was just a bully. He was mm. just mean. Mm. Um, there was also a lot of undermining. Mm-hmm. I remember at, at the time there was a girl, um, a white girl, who was not finished with her degree, mm. right? She was studying at uni, so she had two more modules. She was going to finish in June. We all started in January. I've got a degree, but um, I do the groundwork. The boss even makes a comment about how my research was outstanding. And then I just got closed out of the matter. I didn't end up going to court. Sure. And she ended up going to court. And I kept sure. thinking, but I did all the research. Mm. And now when it's time to get go to court, she just gets to take over. And she's not even done. She doesn't have she's an LLB. She's not even qualified. And I've got an LLB yeah. degree. And I yeah. remember um, you know, asking to change teams. But the reason why I wanted to change was because I started then saying, I have an interest in intellectual property law. Mm-hmm. And I really just started speaking to the other boss who was in the intellectual property law department, mm-hmm. forming a good relationship with him mm-hmm. so that I could plan my move to, you know, the new team. Yeah, um, yeah. And back then, I was too scared to cite racism, yes. bullying. To call it um, what it is. Yeah, to call it what it was. You know, mm-hmm. I was very, very new and come from an environment where you know, parents are just like, put your head down and do the work. Mm, but you know, in high school, a job. in high school, I had my yeah. um, my deputy principal at the time calling me Julius Malema. He <laughs> literally used to be like, you, you're a Julius Malema. Yeah, you know? yeah. And actually, looking back, that was a microaggression in itself. Mm, um, having mm, a voice speaking up, mm, you know, would really intimidate white people. Mm, so I, when I was at work, I was like, okay, put your head down, do the work. But that was also just so difficult. And I really carried on being, you know, a little bit of a rebel because I kept on remembering my grandfather's words, being a voice for the voiceless. Yes. So you're speaking to some of the systemic barriers, right, that young black professionals typically face when they enter the workplace, Mm. more specifically young black women. Mm. And it becomes very difficult to get a sense of like perspective Mm. and motivation Mm. and still be inspired um, and present uh, enough to be 
a contributing member of a team mm. when you're faced with those barriers how do you think that you know you navigated that space during that time mm. you know who did you lean on from a support perspective whether it was in the workplace or it was at home whatever the case is so i was very fortunate that very soon or very early rather into my career I you know met my husband well he was boyfriend back then you know mm. and he was already in the legal profession mm. and he served as a mentor somewhat because okay. he would sort of tell me you know what to expect mm. um what what the political landscape is like in yes. the office uh that you know even though cuz I'd always say I went to a private school I went um I attended school with white people and this mm. is not the kind of treatment that I got mm. and he was like yeah it's fine if you went to school with Amy but remember you're working for Amy's father sure. who's very set sure. in his ways sure. you know that um, changes the dynamic and just being in a, a, a male and pale you know industry was a challenge you, mm. you're not with Amy anymore who is also just as blind as you are to some of the 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 racism that's going on in mm. society at large you're now working for her father who sure. who is still set in his ways so that 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 was a very good support system mm. um you know my mom was also very understanding a lot of the time she would really just serve me from a nurturing perspective just understanding you know she actually validated my anger mm. she'd be like mm, if i had the guts to I speak up on some of the things that you've spoken about mm. i really would have had a better you know experience in corporate so sure, she would sure. just come from a nurturing perspective letting me know that okay what you're doing is good but you know don't make too much noise but <laughs> keep your head but down keep, Amandela, <laughs> you know, keep going but you know keep your head down um, yeah and then the second boss that i moved to was mm. absolutely amazing he really gave uh, credit where it was due sure. all the time and um was a very good mentor as well mm. um even though he was white he was very invested in empowering me mm. and i felt that i don't want to say empowering you know well he was invested in empowering black people but i felt mm. it felt personal yes. he was very interested in yes. me like as a person also just understanding my mm. challenges i had a child when i was young mm. so i was already coming to the workplace as a mom mm. so he'd understand the whole school drop off mm. um just the dynamics at home as well and he just made it a pleasant experience for me you know validated me as a person and then lastly i think one of the things that helped me continue was that I was very very sure okay. about my contribution sure. to not just not just my working environment but to the legal profession sure. I understood from early in my career that my contribution matters mm. I am an important piece of the puzzle and you know that's what I continuously tell people whether you're a receptionist whether you're a tea lady you're an important piece of the puzzle mm. if your piece is missing that puzzle is incomplete sure sure that's so powerful so how did you then transition from corporate into entrepreneurship so after this experience in you know a legal firm you eventually uh, get admitted as an attorney mm. and then the transition into entrepreneurship mm. where does it happen in your timeline and what was the motivation behind that sure so like i said it was a long 22 months to go yeah and towards the end i was like i'm so done with law i was sure. actually just done with law i didn't i didn't want to go back to a law firm i didn't want to be retained mm. so i then said why don't you just start your own thing Mm. And it really just came from a place of 
childhood. I spent a lot of my childhood in business. Mm. <laughs> I was I was selling your guitar. I remember your guitar. Lollipop. Lollipop. I was selling bubblegum at school. Yeah. I was thriving business. Yeah. And then at some point I started a car wash business. Okay. Um, <laughs> a very resourceful I was, girl. I, must have been, I was still in primary school definitely and my mm. brother was young. He must have been maybe seven or eight, mm-hmm. which means I was around 11. Mm-hmm. So we're walking around with a bucket, going from house to house. Washing people's cars. Washing people's cars. Mm. Look, looking back, I know I was doing a horrible job, but people were, you know, happy to give me five, ten mm. rand or whatever, mm. I think for the effort. <laughs> so um, I've always been interested in, in business, mm. you know, from a young age. Mm. And um, also at some point I was staying with my aunt, Nikki Rick said, but we sang the ice. Kitty ice. I was like, like ice lolly. No, it's not an ice lolly. Kitty ice. <laughs> in in a plastic ice and yeah, I was like, plastic bag. Yeah, yes. yeah, <laughs> um, sweet eight. Yes. You know? <laughs> so um yeah, I'd always just been interested in working for myself, mm. being a businesswoman. I remember yes. I'd call myself a businesswoman from a young age. Yes. And I eventually just took the leap of faith and I said, Okay, I've got I think exactly I had a month to go before my articles ended. Okay. I hadn't finished writing my board exams. Mm-hmm. I was left with two exams. Mm-hmm. And I remember just registering a company and saying, you fail forward. Sure. Um, so my articles then ended in January. From February, I was without a job. And I was like, you know what? I learned how to register trademarks during mm. the time I was in the intellectual property division. Mm. So mm. I started registering trademarks and the number of small businesses, small black owned businesses that took an interest in registering trademarks was, you know, quite, quite exciting. Mm. So that's mm. how I really just started, you know, just. And you haven't looked back since. I haven't looked back since. I remember yeah. just taking out some some of my savings um, to to create a website because mm-hmm. I thought you know credibility, mm-hmm. um, rent office space that co working space, mm-hmm. and then I also had assistance from my boyfriend at the time. I remember he he purchased my laptop, mm-hmm. and I think I had told him it's for a forty percent stake in my company. <laughs> in your company. That is I a lot for just a laptop. Gonna be like, Babe, <laughs> it's time to pay up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I purchased the laptop and hit the ground running. Mm. Um, Then fell into some financial problems. Started job hunting again. Got back into work. Had a very pleasant experience. um, And then started the Sustain Law blog. Mm-hmm. while I was working mm-hmm. and then sister-in-law just blew. Yeah, you know, it took off. It, it, it took off mm. and I couldn't serve two masters anymore. So I had sure. to then leave sure. my very lucrative, <laughs> stable, <laughs> stable environment, environment. and, and yes. pursue sister-in-law. Yes. Um, even though I didn't know what it was going to look like, mm. uh, I didn't. I, I, I had no face for sustainable mm. at all. It was it was just a blog, mm. and people took an interest in mm. it. It was a blog and a catchy blog title. Yeah, sister in law. So let's talk about it. Um, so tell us about what sister in law is today, mm. um, and looking back, what do you think the intention was when you mm. started it? The intention was definitely from. My childhood. Okay. From just going around, moving place to place with my mom, mm. not understanding those dynamics, not understanding why it seemed like we were starting from, you know, grassroots level. Mm. And I really just took an interest in 
what if I can empower women before they find myself in the position that my mom found myself sure. in, you know? And, 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 and that was it for me. It was just a project close to my heart mm. and started empowering women for free, mm. you know, mm. um, for free by, by being Hashtag out there on, on social media. <laughs> um, so I started mm. on Instagram and on Twitter and I'm mm. still very active there. And then it started coming to monetizing it. Sure. And I didn't have... I didn't have a plan for that either. Mm. But it took one person to say, hi, Tabello, I need a consultation. How much is your consultation fee? Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. There's a business here. <laughs> yeah. And then um, um, I, I then registered the consulting side of it, mm. uh, or rather the company, because I first registered Sustained Law as a trademark. I was just like, mm, this is catchy. Very. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but let me register it and park it. So I registered it as a trademark, um, continued until someone asked to consult and I thought okay I need a business account for this you know mm. don't want to give my personal bank account I just want credibility registered it and sustained law consulting was born mm, mm, mm. so how, what has been your experience since starting the platform I mean it went from being a blog then you had a website then the podcasting mm, started mm. So tell us more about then the experience in terms of growing sister-in-law and what your content now today and your focus, I guess, mm. for the brand itself is centered around. I think a lot of the growth, um, you know, and thank God has been organic. Mm. And I think people have bought into it or especially women have bought into it because it is a woman, it's run by a woman who looks like the MA and a woman who often shares her own experiences, her own life experiences, and just also then speaking about relatable content. Mm. I'm not speaking about things that I heard from a neighbor. Yep. I'm speaking about consistently things that people come to me about, you know, and they're like, Debello, this is the problem that I'm facing with baby daddy, mm. or this is the problem I'm facing with my boyfriend, mm. or this is the problem I'm facing with my you know, late husband mm. or you, rather the late husband's family. family yeah. So it's always just been um, growth from that, from, 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 from people's experiences, yeah. like lived yeah. experiences. Yeah, yeah, and people needing guidance mm. around that, mm. right? Um, and in terms of then the, the platform itself and the growth that obviously that you've seen, how do you go about just envisioning, you know, the next step for the platform, um, whether it's the podcasting side of things with you having, you know, recently had an event, um, whether it is on the consultancy part, um, what is what is the vision essentially, mm. right? A for lot Sister of the growth is actually, um, is created by, by the women I interact with. Mm. So for example, even the podcast, I was basically saying, how can I, there were students who'd reach out to me on a consistent basis, like mm. um, we're interested in, for example, aviation law or mm. law of contract, and I'd be like, I can't know all of these other yes. aspects of the law. Yes. So maybe I should get women who are already um, practicing in those fields to come speak to students about this. Mm. And then I thought maybe monthly mentorship sessions or whatever, okay. and I thought but that's not going to be practical. Mm. And that's how the podcast was born. I was like, mm. actually, let me create a platform where we celebrate black women in law. Mm. But in celebrating them, when they share their experiences with us, then the students can learn about the different areas of practice that exist. Mm. And then for the workshop, the idea behind it was people saying, 
we really need a space where we come together as women and share our experiences mm. in a vulnerable um, and intimate kind of setup. Mm. And that's how the, the workshops were born. Mm. So mm. a lot of it is not my idea. Yeah, a lot I of just it is execute organic. people's yeah. suggestions. I see, I see. And so the vision then becomes collaborative yeah. for the yeah, platform. Absolutely. I get it, I get it. And then in terms of just, you know, representation, because what you've done with, you know, your platform is that you've carved out a space for community and a space for representation where women see themselves in some of the women that you profile, um, that you speak to, and even in you. Mm. Um, What do you think the role of representation is in different kinds of spaces, whether it is in the workplace or even in the world of podcasting Mm. uh, or in any other, you know, environment that you may find yourself in i love i love that you use the word community Mm. you know my my upbringing was filled with you know when they say um it takes a village Mm. i was really raised by a village and Mm. fortunate to have moved around in a lot in a lot of places because that really allowed me to build a community so that's one of the things that um I thrive at yeah. creating and building a community. community. I, I mm. absolutely love that word. But um, on the issue of representation, one of the things that I always say is that transformation can't be lip service. Sure. Transformation transformation is active and living. And the only way we're going to achieve that is making sure that more and more of us are seen in these spaces mm. and are heard in these spaces. Mm. So if we're going to achieve anything, I mean, 101 years ago, there were no women practicing law at sure. all in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the late 1960s, 70s that we had our first black women practicing law. So transformation is progressive and it and it's progresses through that representation, yeah. through people sharing their lived and their learned experiences in the legal profession and just also creating that kind of environment that you're not alone. Mm. You know, the Bello has experienced sexism or has experienced racism or has had to fight for a pay increase or whatever the case is. So it's the conversations that will result in, you know, transformation, living and actually progressing. Sure. I love that so much. Love, love, love that. And just coming back to then the workplace and people just really knowing their rights and their legal um, obligations mm. to some extent, uh, how do you think more people can then empower themselves uh, through either self-learning, um, whatever kind of material that is out there uh, when it comes to understanding what their rights are mm. in the workplace? Mm. I think we are so fortunate to have platforms like, you know, your podcast, mm. Wellness in the Workplace. And like I said, it's, it's conversations. Um, it is a lot, a lot of what we, what we live is also through what we consume, right? So you have to be intentional sure. about the kind of material that you consume. Mm. Um, you, it, everything is on YouTube nowadays. Mm. It's at the convenience of our fingertips. Mm. But what are you searching for? You know, mm-hmm. are you looking for if you're into fashion and beauty and lifestyle, that's that's great. But what kind of personal development um, content are you actively looking yes. for? So yes. you never stop being a student mm. in life. Um, be teachable, I think. Be, sure. Being teachable, being open to having honest conversations with people mm-hmm. as well. And also being open to receiving criticism. Sure. will allow you to also do some of the groundwork um, 
So yeah, back to your question. Sorry, I got carried away. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, that's exactly what um, we need. <laughs> back to your question. Um, really, just 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 know that the content exists okay. and reach out to people. You know, mm. hi Tabelo, I saw you on Bali's podcast. Even though you specialize in family law, do you mm. know somebody in labor law? This is what I'm going through. Mm. You know, or I might be able to assist myself. Mm. Uh, but just not being afraid to reach out to people. I know a lot of the time. We, we we go through challenges thinking that it's just us. Yes. But you'll be surprised at how much help you can get mm. when you just admit, I need help and mm. I'm going to take you know the plunge and have courage to reach out. Mm. You're not alone. A lot mm. of the time, we all have the same experiences. And, you know, sometimes just having a conversation can help you avoid going through certain things. You know, mm. if you know that your colleague has has gone through like a CCMA battle or, mm. you know, and they no longer work for the company, you can reach out for them and say, what was this about? How did you get into this? And you can also then avoid getting into that. Sure. But, you know, don't exist in isolation. Don't also read your employment contract in isolation yes. and, and sign and be excited. I know it's an exciting time. Mm. But before you sign, reach out to even HR. If there's something you don't understand, say, you know, paragraph you know, seven, speaking on maternity leave, what happens when X, Y, Z? Try to understand before you sign. Don't just sign blindly. Mm, mm, I love that so much. Yeah. And I think it's, like you said, such an interesting time to find ourselves in because the information is readily available and the empowerment comes from the education. Mm, um, mm. And then having that intention to say, this is what I want to know. This is what I want to find out about. And I need to pretty much... I guess put in the effort mm. to find the mm. resources. Effort. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Okay, okay. So just to start wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you about what you know now about law and being a legal practitioner that you didn't know before you started <laughs> getting into the space. And the same question, but related to entrepreneurship. Mm. So what do you know now about entrepreneurship that you didn't know about when you first started? Sure. The first one. <laughs> Actually about both. Okay, okay. but more more about law. Yeah. What I know now is that you <laughs> you don't get rich overnight. You don't get you rich overnight. Um, <laughs> just study, you know, get your degree, get a job and then live the life that you want to live. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that that's not how it happens. Mm. Um, also, I said it earlier, you never stop being a student. You absolutely cannot afford to get into law with the prospects of, whew, once I get to the other side, it will get easier. Mm. It doesn't get easier. Mm. Information is changing every single day. Mm -hmm. When I started, um, or rather when I was still in varsity, there was no such thing as legal tech. Mm. And now legal tech is popular. Okay. So things are changing continuously. Um, so be prepared to read. Mm. I wish I knew that I'd never stop reading. Mm. Literally every single day, there's there's something new to learn. Yeah, mm. yeah. And entrepreneurship? Yo, you don't own your time. No, <laughs> you don't. I was just you think like, when you leave the nine to five, you will have so, time to yeah, yourself. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, um, I'm gonna own my time. I'm not gonna ask anyone for leave. You are owned by your clients. Sure. You're owned by your clients' money. You don't own your time. So, um, one of the the things that I learned from actually corporate 
that I apply to entrepreneurship is discipline, time management. Yes. That is important. Mm. There is the buck stops with you. Mm. Um, there's nobody who says, well, where's that report that I asked for? You mm. have to just manage your time. Mm. And in managing your time, how are you managing work-life balance? You're a mom, you're a wife, Yo. you're a sister. Ghetto. What does that look like for you? <laughs> um, the most important thing to remember is that sometimes these are th- they're, they're titles. You know? okay. uh, work-life balance, it's a title. Mm-hmm. Um, apply the triage. I try to, I try to do that. Sometimes um, your child you know, has a hammer in their head. It's just an example or an axe in their head. Or sometimes it's your client with the axe in your head. It doesn't mean that one is less important, but at that time, mm. there's one that you have to immediately pay attention to. Mm. So like like they do in the hospital with the triage, like the mm. red is, you know, um, critical. Yes. And then there's like amber, which is we could attend to them tomorrow. And mm. then there's green, which is the people who come in with a headache. Just like that, that's mm. how my life is sometimes. Mm. Sometimes it's family stuff that's urgent. Yes. And sometimes it's business stuff that's urgent. Mm. Sometimes it's recording the podcast that's urgent. Because yes. has to catch the next flight out. Yes. So that's, they, there's no balance, but it's just a matter of what's urgent right, right now. now. Yeah. It's about priorities. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and, and sometimes the, the, the three aspects of my life, they balance out perfectly. Mm. And, and, and that's beautiful. Mm, mm, mm. I like that. It is about prioritizing and attending to, I guess, the urgency in that moment. Mm. And it doesn't doesn't mean that the one is less important. It just means that it's not urgent right Right now. now. Yes, I love that. I love that. And just in closing today's episode, I want to ask you about what wellness means to you. So what does wellness mean to you as an entrepreneur? And then as, you know, the mom, Mm. the wife, Mm -hmm. the sister, the friend. Mm. Sure. It's something I said earlier. Um, In in every aspect of my life, I don't undervalue or underestimate my importance of being that puzzle piece. Sure. So my contribution in my family matters. My contribution to my clients matters. My contribution to society, like the people who consume my content that matters. Mm. So I know that I'm an important piece of any puzzle that I'm supposed to fit into at that specific time. Sure. Okay. Powerful. Thank you. Powerful. <laughs> <laughs> any closing remarks on just our topic, uh, whether it's about, you know, the legal field, about your podcast, or even just about, um, you know, your journey of entrepreneurship for anybody listening who might want to make a jump <laughs> at mm. some point. For me, um, personally is I really I, I really love the fact that I am teachable and I think it's important it's an important quality for people to have being teachable allows you to just absorb a little bit of everything from everyone mm. um, yeah be teachable being you, teachable. you can't know everything yes be open to being teachable yes consistently learning consistently investing in yourself yes be teachable be curious and I guess also be adaptable, mm, right? Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. All right. Thank you so much for thank making you. the time thank to be here. So for anybody listening, wanting to find out more about Sister-in-Law, where can we find you on the socials? Where can we access your podcast? 
like you said twitter i'm very active on twitter and instagram facebook so it's at bells with a z underscore mutwani on mm-hmm. all platforms also at sustain law on all platforms and my podcast is sisters in conversation hopefully you'll share the link in your own description of box. course of course <laughs> that's exactly what i'm going thank to do you. thank you so much for being here that was debelo mutwani and she is an attorney and entrepreneur as well as the founder of a sister in law thank you for tuning in this was the second installment of our series my career story we're looking forward to giving you more of this kind of content my name is Mbalim Sinyane and I will see you on the next episode goodbye